On today's episode of Open Box Policy, Jamie starts off telling us a story and we find out that basically she's living in she's living in the Matrix. She's yeah. living in the Matrix. I mean, I wish Jamie, I was. Jamie oh, is, uh, she's Neo. Then that ends up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamie's Morpheus. Uh, yeah, Jamie, Jamie would fit more as Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, she tried to get me to take a different pill over here. It was weird. Uh, Pills all day. Yeah. It was Viagra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So that leads us into talking about our dreams a bit. And we start to talk a little bit about deja vu. And then we start talking about our dreams and, and how we've we've all had some weird experiences with uh, some bad dreams. And I interpret the shit out of those Devin, dreams. Yeah, Devin does. He, it's somewhere in the middle there, we end up having an offshoot about how I pronounce a certain word. Oh, God. Uh, Don't tell him the word. I'm not okay. I'm not going to tell you all the word. I'm going to let you all listen to it. And this is probably going to end up. It's the fucking worst. No, it's not. This is going to probably end up being our poll on Instagram this week. And our poll, poll, our poll, poll, yeah, poll, our poll. Stop, stop. I got hot stones in the mouth. (laughs) Then we, uh, then we talk about a a bit of a tough subject. We talk about uh, death a little bit. We talk about an unfortunate uh, situation that I've I've run into recently, where I've been kind of. Kind of had a lot of death around me, and we we talk a little bit about that. And then we, you know, Devin even poses the question, like, you know, how do we handle that personally when we're dealing with someone else's death or our friend's death? So this is going to be an episode that's going to kind of span a wide range of... It's a good episode. Yeah, a, a wide episode. range of, of kind of ups and downs. I felt it in my bones. Hit us up on our socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I always get those out of whack. At OBP underscore raw. Hey, y'all, if you want to continue the conversation, wow, go ahead and hit us up on email. Well, you guys said I wasn't excitable enough last episode. <laughs> it's because so. you sounded drunk on the last episode. Jeez, right. I probably was fucking <laughs> no, drunk. Let's be honest, you probably yeah. were. Fuck yeah, yeah I was. No kids, drunk all you have day. You Adam's bitch ass. OBP <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Yay. That was, high, that was a high one. That was a good one. You did with your finger. That was yep. good. Okay, bye. Bye. It's oh, weird. it's the glitch in the Matrix, right? Yeah, it's a weird fucking story. Like, really weird. What was that? Oh, God, I thought it was a bug. No. Jesus. No. Yeah, so here's my story. And it's super weird because I don't have, like, weird stuff happen to me. Usually it's, like, my kids that are weird. Um, but It's your daughter that's yeah, exa- Yeah, exactly. Like, my son doesn't have any weird stuff. I mean, he has normal weird stuff, but not, like, creepy weird stuff. Anyway, so not la- two nights ago, I had this. I always have weird fucking dreams. Like, I had a dream two weeks ago that I was, some lady asked me to carry her baby on, like, a baby carrier on my chest. And I wore the a baby. A baby Bjorn? Yeah, and I wore the baby all day, and at the end of the day, I looked down, it was, like, like this 16-year-old girl I went to high school with who I wasn't friends with that I'd been just, like, toting around on my chest all day. That's weird. Yeah, I have really yeah, weird dreams. Weird. But I woke up going, like, I haven't, I don't even know this girl's name, I just D- know her face. Remind me, before we're done, because I know Jamie's story's going to go on for a minute, tell you about a dream that I had a few nights ago. Okay. All right. So, two nights ago, I had... One of my weird, norm. it wasn't that weird. I was just at a mall, um, walking around, doing whatever. And I was there with my friends. And this guy approached me. And it was a guy that I dated 
10 years ago and I dated him for like two months. Basically, in real life, we dated and we just weren't a good match and we broke up and literally I haven't seen him or talked to him since. Like, Was he selling Dead Sea skincare products in the mall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, lady, lady. <laughs> yeah. Here, just try it. Hey, pretty lady. <laughs> but. Sorry. So, so. Even after he broke up, like, he, he, he wasn't on Facebook anymore. He's just not, like, a social media person. So it's not like I even know. I haven't seen or talked to him forever. So last night, he was in my dream. Uh, two nights ago, he walked up, and we had a little conversation, and that was it. And I woke up going, holy shit, that was so random, because I com- honestly completely forgot about him because it was such a short thing. So then I continue on throughout my day, and... Both kids are at school, and um, dad, Glenn's dad and stepmom are at our house visiting from Australia. And um, I who this- I I think I I kind of pissed the wife off a little bit. No, oh no, you didn't. Really? That's so no. awkward. Remember when I, I we were having that conversation about uh, like gun control or about something like how you how, about how you hate I don't think I was there for that. And yeah, if I was, if I was, I had like two bottles of champagne. Okay, and so I wasn't really there, quote unquote. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We'll talk about this in a second. Yeah, I made some comment, and I, she got up off the couch and left the room. Oh, yeah. oh my but god! Yeah. But that's how she is. She is one of those dramatic, little no, dramatic. No, not dramatic. She is one of those like you know where you stand with her all the time, which I like people like that. Yeah, like, she's feisty. Yeah, she. I mean, she always is. I love. I love. Oh, she's great. I love her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm sorry. So she was in the kitchen, we were chatting, and I was working at my computer. And this is not in the dream, this is real. Oh, this is real. Okay. And I got a phone call about noon, and it was a 615 number. All right. Which I normally don't get 615 numbers, just because if they're people I know, their names pop up. Yeah. For, the, yeah, for those I'm, of you who don't know, 615 is Nashville. Thank you. Yeah. Area, local area. Code. And I'll get, I'll get like Murfreesboro, will pop up Murfreesboro, it will be yeah. 615, but it will say Murfreesboro, and that's usually like my kid's school, yeah. things like that. This one said 615 Nashville, and I picked it up. And it was a lady, and she go, and I go, hello? And she goes, hey, um, is Adam Bleep there? And I'm not going to say his last name. I doubt he's a listener, but he has a very unique last name that starts with a Z. We understand what bleeps mean. Yes. Why, what, do you, what, what the <laughs> fuck? Do you want me to go beep? <laughs> no, I'm just saying we understand what bleeps mean. You said bleep, and then you go, and that's me. I'm not going to say his last name. <laughs> like, no, we get But I, well, I was explaining that his name is very unique. Sorry. Anyway, my Any, fucking story. I know. I'm just sorry. wait. I'll Holy shut fuck. up. I'm going to shut up. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. And I said, and the way she said the last name sounded like a version of my old last name, but with a different starting letter. And I don't know, for some reason, I said, can you spell the last name? So when she said it, you didn't, you didn't understand her? You didn't recognize it? So I recognized, I, I, I recognized what she was saying because I just had the dream, okay. but she pronounced the last name not how it's pronounced. Oh, oh, oh. And it sounded very similar to my old last name, which is Ebley. And I said, can you spell the last name? And she spelled it out for me. And I was like, well, that's exactly what I thought you were asking for. And she spelled it correctly. And I said, I'm sorry, um, this is not his number. This is Jamie McCready. And sorry. And she goes, okay, I'll go ahead and delete this number from my contact list. And then hung up. Random. So it was uh, that was somebody that couldn't pronounce his name that was trying to pronounce it to you. And kind of pronouncing it awkwardly, but it still rang enough. I mean, where you were like, oh my God, like. To be fair, if I wouldn't have had this dream six hours earlier, yeah. I would have been like, who? 
But the fact that I just had this no fucking way. dream, it like what ringed in my head of like, holy shit. And again, me and him were never in a circumstance where he would ever give my number out or we would share a number or like, oh, hey, my phone's not working. Like we weren't that serious. Yeah. Like emergency contact yeah. relationship. Yeah. Okay, or cool. medical thing or anything like that. So and the odds even grow larger. Yeah. And it was 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that you, that six hours earlier, or seven hours earlier, you would have a dream where you see him in a mall, and the next day, exactly. six hours later, someone mentions him on a phone yeah. call, a random and phone call. And then spells out you. the name exactly how it's yeah. spelled. That's weird. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. And I got the phone, and I looked at Meryl, and I said, "Somebody just called asking for like a guy I dated ten years ago," and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was really fucking weird." And then that's just how the conversation ended. And I spent the whole day thinking that was really fucking weird. Yeah. Like really weird. <laughs> but you read about these things all the time. I've just never really had them. They call them the glitch in the matrix. I call it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I've always thought, and we've explored this. We've explored this scientifically, that humans have a mild a mild precognitive ability. Yeah. That there are times where something is about to happen to you and scientifically uh you know because a lot of people think that time is is relative that it always it's cyclical it just moves around all the time and that you're constantly getting hit in the face that's why we have deja vu because like we've really done these things before or maybe we're about to do them and we've experienced (gasps) them in a dream so what what's that face for oh my god did you just? No, you did. Don't. No, 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 no. I have a story that oh. I just realized is that that just happened a couple days ago. I thought also. Jamie was about to be like, "Oh my God, have deja vu right yeah. now." Wait, no, no. This happened Shut before. up. No, God, no. <laughs> Shut the fuck no, up. but something just happened to me a couple days ago, and you just before. said that. I just realized that was a second one I've had while Dennis and Merrill were here. Really? So hold yes. it, hold it. I'm gonna, Got I'm it. gonna. I've, yeah. I've, I've read some things and I've seen some things about this that, and I've, I've actually had some pretty healthy experiences with this uh, with having a dream where I'm standing in a window and I'm like peering through the blinds and I'm watching my mom mow the grass. I was the, always the one that mowed the grass. I mean, there's numerous stories like this, but I was always the one that mowed the grass in my house. So even in my dream, I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Why would I be watching my mom mow the grass and it be so vivid? It doesn't make any sense. And within the, so this was on like a Sunday by the next like weekend, I was sick and I was roaming through my house while my mom was outside mowing the grass and I was peering through the blinds watching her mow the grass and was like, oh my God, I've been standing right here watching this happen. It was like a week yeah. later. I mean, it was nuts for no reason. And it's not like I went and go, I went and set that up. I was like, you know, roaming around my house sick and I was kind of sadly watching my mom mow the grass because I felt bad for her. Yeah. And then was like, oh, my God, I'm here. Like, I'm standing yeah, in the exact this spot. This is exactly what I've... Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. And I've had some other instances like that. Have you ever had any deja... So that's like... That, that's... Would you call that a that's glitch a, in the Matrix? I would or say would you call that, like, future telling? I would say what that'd you That'd be, like, pre, precognitive? Is, it's almost more, more than deja vu. Deja vu is almost like you feel like you've been there, but you can't really pinpoint that was me foretelling an event that's what i mean and you actually had something that you were like i know where i've been when i thought this yes deja vu is more like a feeling like i feel like this has happened yeah yeah Yeah. you had something more than that mine was a like a future telling i saw an event 
a week before it would happen. It was a very mundane event, and it happened and it played out identical yeah. to the way that my dream was. Yeah. I mean, that, Bro, you're a psychic. That, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Name of the episode. Adam's I do not want him telling my future. Yeah, no shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be fat and poor. God damn it. I know. Sorry. <laughs> say, say poor again. Poor. <laughs> I love it. How do you say poor? Poor. Poor. Poor? Poor. Yeah. Well, it's not P O U R, it's poor. Pooer. What are you saying? You're saying basically poo er. Poor. Yeah, you say you say poo with an R at the end. Yeah. No, it's P O O R. It's poor. Yeah. I'm poor. You, stop. You don't say that? No. How do no. you say it? Poor. It's not poor. Poor is P O U R. Oh my God, we could be you here all the You pour water into a glass, and I'm going to pour out my heart to you. I'm going to pour out my feelings. If you're poor. <laughs> You're, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't stop. I love stop it. saying it. Oh That's my, God. my favorite word. I'm not no, mad at you. No, you all are wrong. I'm right. This is so. I'm I not. Can't. This is ridiculous. Poor. Is it, this is. I didn't go. Yanny. I didn't say it's poor. I said it's, it's poor. Poor. Yanny Laurel all over again. <laughs> yeah. God. Just record me saying poor. Poor. <laughs> poor. poor. <laughs> and people were like, I hear poor, and I hear yeah. poor. Which one's right? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if that turned into a phenomenon? Like, Oh, hell yeah. It's poor. Could that, it won't. That'll be our world thing. That'll be our question. Maybe we can record me saying poor. We've already said it like 20 times. I know. And, and then like we'll ask all of Instagram, like, is it poor or is it poor? I just fucking snorted because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That's so weird. Because I'm watching your face do it and you're like, poor. 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 So, so like, speaking, of, speaking yeah. of glitches in the Matrix and, yeah, and tell, shit like that. Well, you, so like, Jamie's got another story too. Yeah. yeah, so the 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 Berenstain Bears. That's probably the most oh, famous yeah. case of the Love it. We were that, just talking about this award. Yeah. That's called so, the Mandela effect. Yes, yes, the Mandela effect. I've so studied that's kinda, a ton on that. So that's kind of like a like a glitch in the matrix almost, uh, mm -hmm. the way that we're discussing it. Yeah. Uh, you got that. Um, what was the other big one that, that everybody... Oh, yeah, that Nelson Mandela died in prison or whatever. Or Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Yep. Yeah. Just was, talking about this actually, award. That I find one actually it makes sense because Kazam, Shazam. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, the Berenstain Bears like blew my mind because everybody it thought me. it was the Berenstain. Yes. The Shazam one got me because you mean Berenstain like with an A, with an E. Yeah, it, it's it's Berenstain. Yeah, S T A. -I -N. Oh, it's Berenstain Bears, not Berenstein Bears. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is yeah, it? yeah. Everybody thought it was an E, but it's actually an well, A. Well, that's like Shazam for me. With the uh, Sinbad. Yeah, which didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. I thought that was real. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> no, it's not. Adam. That's the one that got me. That did not happen ever with Sinbad. There was never a movie with Sinbad. With him as like a weird it was, genie, uh, ever. It was Shaquille O'Neal. It was Shaq. But Kazam. isn't that weird? Because that's, I feel like I remember watching that movie. Yeah. But it was yeah. called Kazam. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't confuse the two because I saw Kazam with Shaq and I would never mm -hmm. confuse Shaq and Sinbad. That's ever. weird. Isn't it? Yeah. Look at that. We just had, you just found out. No, I read something about this one time and they said that there was a trailer for a movie that Sinbad was supposed to be in and that trailer leaked. And like, that's why a lot of people think that he was in a movie where he was a superhero or something like that. I read something about Shazam one time. We can do the research off the podcast, but yeah, but it's strange. Yeah, it is strange because the Berenstein and the Berenstain bears, uh, 
I mean, I read all those books when I was a kid. Um, what was the other one we were talking about? Nelson Mandela's funeral. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mandela. Which is why it got the title of Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect, effect. yeah. There's another one. There's another real... There's a whole bunch of them. You read all those and you go, holy shit, like, this is a real thing. Yeah, I know. It's it's nuts. What was your... your, Yeah, what was your other story? Well, I mean, mine... So, I, you know how I talked last week about the dude with the road rage in the roundabout? Oh, yeah, the neighbor, yeah. That has nothing to do with it. But what has to do with (laughs) it is that... (laughs) So, we had dropped off Glenn's dad's car at the shop because it was having problems. And they didn't quite know what the problems were. Right? So, a couple days passed. did the podcast with you guys. They came and visited. Um, and like three days into their visit, they went to go. They called the shop and said, it's a fix. And they said, yeah, you know, come pick it up. Um, and so Glenn said, hey, do you want to go with me to pick it up? And I said, I, I, there was no excuse for me not to. But I just was like, I don't really want to. Yeah, you just don't want to go. I just didn't feel like it. Um, it just felt funny. I don't know why. So side note, since I have been like 10 years old, I have told my parents that I was going to die in a car crash. And I was going to die very specifically with a wheel falling off on the highway, which is like super weird. That's that's super weird and super specific. But I've exactly. And I've always said that. And Glenn knows that, which is why, like, when Glenn drives, he's I think he's a great driver. But if I'm not driving, I get anxiety a little bit. He's very aggressive. He's a very aggressive driver. He (laughs) is. There have been a couple times I've been in Glenn's car and I'm like, bro, you're like taking But even me I I drive up to Indiana all the time. Yeah. I drive up to Indiana all the time, five hours with the kids. And it's just I I always have a little bit of anxiety. I have always had this fear that a wheel's gonna fall off. So we they pick up the car, the Jeep, his dad's Jeep and bring it home. And it's still having problems. So they take it back. Well, they get back and the mechanic calls and says that at some point in time. Now, they used to leave this Jeep in North Carolina at their friend's house for like six months to a year when they weren't driving it. At some point, someone took off the tire and replaced it. And this, the bolts were too short for the tire and basically said at any moment that tire would have just flown off of the oh, car. Nice. There so was not nothing holding was... it on. Not only were those people using his Jeep without his permission, they fucked it up. Yeah, but I just had this thought. And obviously it didn't fall off, but like, I've never been in a situation where I've ever heard about a wheel just randomly falling off, and then... I have. Now, hold on, I'm going to... I'm going to rewind with you for a minute. So the car was at the mechanic. Yes. And it was getting fixed. Yes. You all drove it home, or or Glenn and and his dad drove it home, Mm -hmm. and it still wasn't right. So they fixed a couple things, and they tried to do the alignment. Yeah, I know. So then he took it back to the mechanic because it wasn't right, and that mechanic was like, oh, wow, that's so weird. Apparently somebody, like, you know, didn't tighten up the tire. That mechanic left the tire loose (laughs) and then was trying to... The the bolts were too short. No, no. He's full of shit. No. Did he show them that the bolts were too short? No, because what they originally had the mechanic looking at had nothing to do with the tires. It was, like, something with pedometer and all these things like that. And they took it home, and then when when they had talked to him... Glenn's dad wants to sell the Jeep. Yeah, I know. He tried to sell that piece of shit to me. He said, if you you want to sell it, you need to fix this, this, and this for this amount. So when they brought it home and it still was having problems, they get back to him to have him 
basically take care of these other issues they didn't have him look at so that they could then sell it with everything updated. And that's when they found the tire thing. So. Okay. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fucking mechanic. I'm just telling, no, my, weird, I'm just just, telling about my weird story. Just took it to Adam. Yeah, I've had, I've just had so many instances. So I've worked, been working on cars forever. There was one day when I did this big, long, drawn out thing to my car. I How do you know who to trust? Just to, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, it, it, yeah. So I got done and, and I went around my car and I kind of like hand tightened all the, all the lug nuts and was really anxious to go like meet my girlfriend at the time. So I jumped in my car and I started driving and I was like, sweet, it's perfect. So I get on the interstate and I start hearing this like, like I was crazy noise. And I was like, this is so weird. And my whole car was, my whole car was shaking. your dad gargling. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was my dad. He was in the backseat gagging on a, on a my toothbrush. My dad was back there too. Yeah. They're both the, the backseat brushing their teeth Yeah. They were together. doing it in units. And <laughs> yeah. So I, you know how the mirrors are like electronic and they'll kind of move around. Yeah. I, I pulled the mirror all the, or I pushed the mirror all the way down with the little thing inside and I could see my back tire. And it looked like it was only holding on by a thread. I mean, oh, like, I would have so died scary. of a panic attack and not for my tire falling off. Yeah. So, I mean, people obviously are not going to be able to see this, but I mean, it would be like you, you know, you shaking your hand violently, like, and, and I'm going 70 down the interstate. Fuck no. I pull over to the side of the road. This is a six lug wheel. There's six lug nuts. Three of them were gone. Oh. Okay. <laughs> The last three that were on there, I just to, after I jacked the car up, just to prove to myself how close I was to death, I took them and I only got a quarter of a turn before they all fell off in my hand. Oh my god! Oh, I would have died. Dude. I would have died. You can so it was it was terrifying. So you, uh, a, a six lug wheel, a four lug wheel, or a five lug wheel, you can only, you can drive that with like two or three lugs on it because everything else is there just for oh my god, like just so it won't. Yeah. yeah, for safety precautions. Exactly. And it, so, I mean, I, like, tightened all the three down. I put them in, like, a triangle pattern, tightened them down, and I, like, got to my destination and got some new lugs or whatever. And Or I took one I took one off another wheel and one off another wheel, I think. So I, every, every wheel had five lugs on it, basically. Nice. Oh, my God. Even though my, the threads were all... my nails. I'm so stressed out oh, it, this it, story. Looking, when I looked down in that mirror and I could see that tire oh flopping, God. I was like, this is it. That's my nightmare. <laughs> like, this is probably it. So, um, Fuck. I told you, wait, crap, you just told us a story, and didn't I tell you that I had had a, a weird dream? Or Oh, my God, so, <laughs> I, I got, oh, man, this, why does everything correspond with going out with your husband? Uh, I <laughs> so one weekend me and your husband went. Out no, this is this is innocent. I went over and was hanging out with Dennis. I and, hope it's all innocent. To be fair, it's innocent. I was hanging out with Dennis and Meryl and Jamie, and Jamie went to bed, and then Dennis and Meryl went to bed, and and Glenn was like, "You want to, you know, you want to have a couple drinks?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine. I can't stay very late. I just I'm very tired." So we had a few drinks and. And he hears that as a challenge, I guarantee you. Glenn? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, 100%. Glenn started- You're tired? Oh, shit. So this is one of those nights when Glenn, I could tell, like, he's ready to go off a cliff, and I was just like, nope, I am tired tonight. Real quick, that was the night that I had a heart-to-heart with him about how stressed out I was because the kids need everything. Yes. And then the next morning- 
porter woke up at 6 15 screaming and crying and i said can you get up with him and he was like no fuck that and i said holy shit <laughs> and walked i just knew that you'd appreciate that story because you were there for that oh, the yeah meltdown. i was so worried about you i know just one of those <laughs> random meltdowns moms yeah. have like, like one like too many champagnes and then like just <laughs> you've had a really shitty day with like your kids needing every ounce from you yeah and then i just had like a meltdown the back patio and i was like they suck the life out of me and i have nothing left to give and yeah. adam's like Ow. standing out Damn. there and i'm like should i leave and i was like no you can see it's, this it's i put fun. my arm around her yeah, yeah. it's I'm the like, first weekend adam stayed over at their house <laughs> yeah. no, it was just yeah. like adam was like oh, should i leave and i was like no we could all be here for this meltdown yeah it wasn't and, and i'm gonna i've i mean i've seen you have some like emotional moments that wasn't like the worst oh no meltdown. not at all it was it, it was, was a, that was like that was pretty honest like i'm just sad yeah. right now like that's what it these was. fucking kids i love them but they drive me that's fucking exactly crazy. what I, I was like yeah. they i had nothing left to give yeah like, personality yeah. or anything wise and so I it just, was that same night yeah I, and I went to bed. Yeah, I went to bed, and, and I ended up getting. I, and one of the reasons why I was like, of all the fucking nights, <laughs> I'm this sorry. is not. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use forethought and think to myself. <gasps> Good for you. Yeah, I'm not gonna stay here. So High I go five. home, and I probably had like one more drink when I got home, and I go to bed. I wake up at about. I, I probably got in bed at like one or two o'clock in the morning. I, I woke up at about seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you texted me and Glenn was still asleep about the parade. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised Adam's up. Yeah, I was bawling my eyes out. And uh-huh. I don't cry a lot. I was bawling my fucking eyes out. So I had a dream. It was terrifying. I had a dream that I was watching a football game and a football player got hit in the back or he fell over and he like broke his back and he was paralyzed. So I'm watching this on TV, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And suddenly, like a normal dream, I was in my car, and I went to get out of my car, and my legs were totally useless. Oh, fuck. And I was laying in my garage, and I was kind of dragging myself like towards the door, and somebody came out, and they were like, well, like, come on, like, let's go. And I looked at them, and I was like super emotional. Was it somebody you knew? Yeah, it was like it was like a family member. Oh, okay. It was a it was somebody I was comfortable with. It was yeah. nondescript, like a typical dream, like yeah. a faceless person. Yeah. But it was somebody I was comfortable with. And I remember I pleaded with them, like, "Help me, help me!" Like I don't understand what's wrong. And they're like, "What do you mean you don't understand what's wrong? You broke your back." You are paralyzed from the legs down. Like, what What do you mean? So, like, you need to learn how to get yourself in, in and out oh of the house. And the, and, and, which, you know, it's an understandable thing. A lot of people that are paralyzed, you know, like their parents are just like, no, I'm not well, going to help you. they also don't Co- let them crawl on a garage floor. <laughs> yeah. Right, they don't let them fucking crawl. Yeah, like, so, in my, like, in my, like, total emotion and terror, I had this weird, it was, it went beyond a dream. It transcended a dream. Where it actually started to affect me, like, in reality. Yeah. Because I started to ball. And I realized, oh, my God. Like, my life is irrevocably changed. I am going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. This is going to be a mainstay yes. for me. Like, figuring out how to do things with no legs, no terrifying? hips. Like, my hips, nothing would work. I have dreams like that all the time where it feels like this is my reality. And yes. And my life is fucking shit. And then your whole dream is just dread. So, most of them, when you wake up, you snap out of it. And you're you like... Go, thank God. 
Yeah, you're like, oh, thank God. I woke up and just kept bawling because it had like it it crept over into my reality enough to where I was like, I need now I need to like feel my legs and I need to put my legs over the side of the bed and make sure that I'm not paralyzed. It messed me up. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. I've had dreams to where, it, and this bothers me too, not as much as being paralyzed, but uh, I've had dreams to where I'm like running away from something or running to catch up to someone, and yep. I like, I, I can't go fast enough. Inadequacy. Yeah. You know? I do. Or when you're fighting someone and every punch that you throw is like butter. I have a, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, we have these, these really deep seated fears. The vast majority of people have these really deep seated fears of inadequacy. And we're afraid we're not good enough in our job, not good enough in bed. We're not good enough for our loved one. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try to help my dad today and it's not going to be good enough. Like we always, and it's actually a mark of somebody who's, self-aware and who wants to be good yeah. and who wants to be a perfectionist but yeah those inadequacy dreams oh god they're, they're the worst i have this so i'm gonna try to go ahead jamie sorry. i i have the same dream quickly that i probably have once a week and it's been happening for years i mean i can't even tell you how long but in, and it's a different setting every time but in every dream i'm in a car and i'm driving and no matter where i am or what i'm doing i can't get the car to stop like I'm going like 90 miles per hour. I could be hitting people. I could be, but I always avoid an accident. I always, but, but I can, but I'll stomp on the brakes and I can never stop. And somehow I always make it home, but it's through, it's like almost like a terror dream because I wake up going, holy shit. Like how, you know, obviously dreams feel real, but I wake up going, oh my God, how did I not die? What the fuck so happened? So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dream interpreter for you yeah, too. Okay. Please. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the dream psychologist <laughs> here. Do it, Devin. Right. Right, so yeah, your right. dream, Jamie. Yes. Um, so that would translate over into your real life. How sometimes you feel out of control, and things are going too fast for you to control, but somehow you still manage to pull it off and arrive home safely. Nice. I like that. Yeah. That's so actually I, I, not bad. I can 100% agree with that. You keep everything together. Right. You keep everything together. I feel together, like I'm gonna even die. <laughs> right, even though some things are out of your control, you still keep it together somehow, and you get there. Adam, your paralyzed dream, was there something in your life at that time to where you had to deal with on your own and, and no one else could help you out with it? Oh my god, look at Devin, the fucking dream interpreter. Uh, So this... I'm I'm gonna say that you got it about seventy percent, maybe a hundred percent for me. Yeah, Don't. maybe about maybe about. <laughs> hey, shut up, Jamie. Uh, but maybe what? about eighty percent for me. You're, for it's me. a it's always a pissing contest. You're always trying to one up me. <laughs> what? You're mad because I said Devin's right about my dream and he's not right about yours. It's always a pissing contest. Right, so I'll fucking piss on you. No, I'm sure. You, don't don't say that. That, okay, so there, uh, let me. That's let strangely me, arousing. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Back to the fucking dreams. So god let me let me change a couple things, Adam. What yeah, do you mean I'm change? Go keep the same premise. Like something in your life was happening that you had to handle by yourself, and no one else could help you out with. But like you, you tried to reach out to people in order for them to help you. But there, it, it just wasn't helping you. So that was you realizing that you had to do this and deal with it yourself. Maybe. And you were probably, I mean, the, the accuracy is, is pretty, I mean, look, I didn't tell you 40%. I told you like 70 to 80% accurate. And it's yeah. this is going to lead into what I mentioned 
because this this is it's very pertinent. It was right after a lot of a lot of grief. I have been dealing with an inordinate amount of grief in my life. I'm going to start off with the punchline, but basically, I have been completely surrounded with death and surrounded and overwhelmed with friends and loved ones and friends of friends dying and parents and, and whatnot. It has just been the the last like three months has been absolutely unbelievable. It's the dying season. It what? It's the dying season. Oh thank you. Uh I had a friend's husband die very suddenly and it it kind of rocked us all and shocked us all. Right a few months before that, I had an old friend of mine that I used to work with die from an overdose, and we all found out at work. So then I had I had somebody that I was I was relatively close with. He was a friend, and I had worked with him for a long time. Um, I we all knew that he had he was having some struggles with substance abuse again, and. I walked out of work on a Friday about about two three weeks ago and noticed that he looked like he might be under the influence or at least he was struggling again. Drug, drug addicts always have a marker, uh, something that you can look at in their eyes and you just know that they're using. They always have these really big dark circles under their eyes and they their affect or the way that they they are responding and the way that they're interacting with people is just a couple notches off of center. You just can tell there's something going on. Well, I'm assuming he was in recovery. He was so in recovery. When he, when he relapsed, people were able to pick up on it. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, working in the industry that I work in, I mean, you're able to pick up on, on these, these little study, this subtle idi- idiosyncrasies yeah. in somebody. But I noticed on a Friday when I was leaving that he had been it looked like he might have relapsed, and it was a struggle that I knew he'd been dealing with. Did you talk to him? or? Uh, I had tried to talk to him before, and numerous people had tried to talk to him, and he had been uh, – he would lie to a lot of us and say everything's fine. I have like a, a lot of sleep problems, Just which would look it, very similar. He had yeah, gone – It's tough because you don't want to get pushed away permanently. And, yeah. and yeah. He, he was prone – to do exactly what you would expect once he got pushed into a corner he would come out aggressive and get very very angry and well and you're and you're you're in an industry like you said that you're trained to handle that delicately like forcefully but delicately you know uh, uh, the way that you do it are people you don't know and people you still want to help so when it's somebody you know personally it changes it up a bit when it comes to how to yeah, deal with it. For sure. And it makes it super difficult. And obviously he knows all the fucking tricks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like that he knows if you are doing one yeah. of the, you know, yeah. It's like trying to, to, to give a psychiatry, you know, lesson to a psychiatrist. Yeah, you know, exactly. they just, they don't want to fucking hear And then hear they it. worry if you're being real or not. Yeah. 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 So a lot of us tried and he, you know, he kind of had his ups and downs, but I left on a Friday and I mean, no less than, than maybe 10 hours later, he was dead. And Man. it, uh, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who was a little emotional. He told me, and I didn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. I had to go to work. I had to unfortunately be the person that had to break this news. It's the first time in my life that I've ever had to call someone and say, 
this person that you love, this person that you're really good friends with, this person that you've spent a lot of time with is no longer with us. And how fucking awful to hear. I've never in my life experienced pain and and despair like that in my entire life. Uh, To hear the pain and the despair when someone has to hear from some from someone that they appreciate that their friend is dead is is awful. So I grieved all day and then had to go to work the next day and just had to turn off the grief because I knew that I was going to go to work and we have a job to do and and you know we're still need to save lives and whatnot. So I had to turn off the grief for an entire week. Yeah. I turned it off and then we had a, a celebration of life for him and I got up and I was just going to tell you know cuz I'm a, I'm a very good storyteller and a lot of the people that got up I could hear them they were mumbling and I mean when I say mumbling I mean mumbling you could barely hear them and they were trying to talk about Jeremiah oh whoops I, I guess it doesn't matter his name's Jeremiah they were they were talking about Jeremiah and they were talking about some of the stories that they had about him but they all centered around drug usage and and like the fact that he was in recovery and he saved them and stuff so I got up and I said, I'm, I'm going to tell some stories about Jeremiah that, that you all probably don't hear. And I'm going to tell some stories about him that are going to be fun and enjoyable and loving. And I mean, no sooner than I got that out of my mouth, I started to cry. And I, because I, I was like, oh my God, the grief is coming now. You were finally grieving because you yep. pushed it aside for so long. So I, I, I composed myself and I started to tell this, this great story about Jeremiah. I told everybody about the first time that I met him. And then I, I fast-forwarded, and I told him about the time when he came to my team. And then I fast-forwarded, and I, and I told them about uh, some t- after I had to leave his team, how we still we, we remained uh, – we, we, we had a connection with each other. And I, I told him this story from my perspective, and the more that I told and the more that I, I started to realize how much he affected me, I started to bawl. Like yeah. uncontrollably ball, and no one in this room has ever seen me with any emotion other than happiness or maybe a little bit of anger. Yeah, and it just like every a lot of anger. E- fuck you. Everybody in this room started bawling because yeah. they had never seen me cry. So you like go a few days past that or, or a couple weeks past that which you were getting up to last week i find out that one of my very close friends mothers has passed away and then i fucking find out yesterday that another relatively close friend of mine's father has passed away fuck dude it, is that number four or number five that's five it's like in the past like it three months, it's five. it's five in the past. Well, maybe in the past six months, it's four in the past like month, two months. Yeah, it's Damn, bro. it's four in the past two months. It's three in the last three and a half weeks. Yeah. So I mean, all of them are in the like the majority of them in the last like three and a half weeks. And I and I am I told someone I left one of those out. In the last month and a half, one of the men in my neighborhood died suddenly, um, and I, I can be I I've gotten so used to it, I'd be willing to bet there's probably another one in there that I'm just forgetting about. Yeah. Um, and and not yeah. someone insignificant, like somebody yeah. who would be either close in proximity or close um, personally. Yeah. And it's just nuts. I mean, I told someone last night 
I don't want to have a New Year's Eve party. I don't want to go to a New Year's Eve party. I want to go to a fuck 2018 party. You know, know, it's you talk about it and it's so weird. Not weird. It's disheartening growing older because you death is inevitable. So you have friends whose parents die. And the older you get, the more you're going to experience it. The first time I ever experienced death, I was six. And I remember it to this day. Uh, my parents were, the babysitter came over. My parents came, were getting ready to play volleyball. Not yeah. volleyball. Yeah, volleyball. Yeah. Wait, it. wait, what's volleyball? So basically, it's like an indoor co- court. And every time, like, you you bounce the ball off the wall that goes to the opponent's side. You can see my arm. People can't, but you can. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's like so racquetball played, without yes, rackets. exactly. It's like so racquetball without rackets. So we something similar, and we called it wall ball. Yeah, so wall ball, volleyball. It's the same thing. So yeah, my, it's, it's parents, yeah. my parents, were they played volleyball every single fucking week. And we had a babysitter. And I remember the babysitter coming over, and like they were leaving for volleyball. And the phone rang. I mean, my sisters were downstairs. My little sister was like probably six months old. And they... The phone rang and it was picked up up the stairs. We all did our own thing downstairs, and I realized my parents were not coming down. Hold on, we're taking a picture. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they started taking a picture in the middle of the story, um, and Jamie decided. My, to my parents were not coming down, and so then I crawled upstairs and I remember knocking on their door, and I could hear my mom crying. And I opened the door and I said, why are you crying? I remember this whole thing. And she goes, and, and she was like, nothing, you know, just you'll go back downstairs. And I remember going to my babysitter and being like, I think my mom's crying because she can't play volleyball tonight. And like literally, exactly but literally it was because she just found out her mom died. Like that Damn. was it. Yeah. But I remember that moment and being like, huh, that's weird. And then when my, when my mom. That was your first experience with death? Well, I was six. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you were a little bit older than that. I no, missed that six. part. Like, I mean, a close death. And then my second was my mom's father. And I, uh, my mom took me to Cleveland Clinic when I had medical problems when I was like 14. And her father had had a lot of medical issues. And before we left, she called her sister and said, hey, do I need to come there and help take care of dad? And my aunt said, no, he's fine. He's going to be good. You can come here next week. And we were in the hotel room at the Cleveland Clinic. And 2 o'clock in the morning, the phone rang. And my mom answered it. And she had just gotten the news her father had died. And just like, I've, you know, same thing. I've never, I've never, my mom does, is not a crier. Yeah. And she went into a puddle and basically found out her father had died. And the only reason she was not with him was because she was with me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Damn. Yeah, which is like so. That's a, funny that we're talking about this. My uh, my granny had a near death experience uh, a couple of days ago. She's like eighty and above, uh, and she got into like a real bad car accident, like completely totaled her car. Oh my! Really? Like this big Cadillac. Yeah. Um, the only thing that was wrong, she was she wasn't responsive at the scene. Um, so I, once I heard that, I was like, oh god. Um, but yeah, she came out of it with like. You know, she was bruised up, and she had a broken ankle that needed surgery on. And that's Damn. It. Wow. Yeah. Well, I say that's it for an 80-year-old woman. That's, that's a lot. That's great. For, but yeah, I, mean, it's, like, I mean, better than worst-case scenario. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's 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 weird, man. It, what do you say to – Adam, you spoke at somebody's funeral, right? 
I've spoken at funerals before. I so this was the first. I, I mean, when I've spoken at at funerals or when I've spoken before, it's always been. You know what? Maybe I haven't. Um, so this wasn't a funeral as much as it was. They called it a celebration of life. So okay, I like the take on it. Yeah, he was. He basically was going to end up having his funeral. He was from like New Jersey or New York or something like that. I think that's where his parents lived. And they were going to end up having the actual funeral there. And we really wanted to have a celebration of life here in in Nashville because we had all worked with him for so long and he was a huge part of our lives. And he, I mean, this guy... He was, yeah, he was in recovery and he had relapsed and he had had, he had his own issues, but he saved, like we call it saving a life. I mean, he affected the trajectory and he, he saved the life of so many other people that were in his same situation that had been, had relapsed and were going to go back into treatment. And there's all these people that have these stories about how they're like, I would be dead if it wasn't for him. So, yeah, but I mean, I know what you're going to say. Like, what do you say to somebody? What do you say to a family member? What do you say to your friends? What, Absolutely. What, Always a difficult thing to come up with. Yeah. It's, it's seen, it, after you hear it from the, a number of people, it sounds so cookie cutter, but it's just because people don't, they don't have any idea what to say to you. I know. And I mean, every one of my friend, or friends, parents, or friends of a friend that died, I mean, they all know me. I, I, I'm capable. I can work on cars. I can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, you know, I can really go out of my way and they understand me, but I don't know how else to approach those people. Um, and actually say, I'm here for you. Cause every time that you say that it, you basically say, if there's anything you need, if there's anything I can do, I think what they want is for people just to do. But the only problem is, is that every time that I've ever had someone close to me die or I've been around a family that had someone die, it's like you just get a refrigerator full of shitloads of food and there's food everywhere. And it's like, you know what? My dad died, not my fucking intestines. You know, like I don't need food and I understand like, I don't know. It's such a Southern thing to do just to give people tons and tons and tons of food. It's not even a Southern thing. We do it. Okay. So it's just a. I think it's a way of showing support and trying to help out in a hard time. Yeah, it is. When you feel useless, like yeah, it's like gift giving, but something that's well, and that's people, more personal than gift giving. And people yeah. do their I send my hopes and prayers and all of that, and I think that some people feel like they're helping by giving something. They, I know it sounds ridiculous, but like going through a death or anything like that, if you don't have to worry about fucking feeding your family. And I get that. Yeah. I get that. It's just, I don't know. In, in retrospect, maybe I could have done more. Maybe I could have said more. There was one woman I donated a lot of money to. Um, you know, she had a GoFundMe page, and I was looking on there, and it's like, I mean, there's I work with people, and I'm working in one of these industries where I know what other people make. We all kind of know what each other makes. Yeah. I don't have a family. I get that. I'm lucky I don't have a car payment. I get that. It's because I've been smart with my money and I'm smart with my decisions. But like I'm looking on there and it's like 10, 25, 30, 22, 45. And I w- I'm like, this is nuts. Like I gave hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, but and- you can't. 
you can't judge other people's givings because you don't know their situation. Uh, yeah, you don't know well, how much they're Well, and to be fair, you just said that you don't have car payments and all that because you're smart with your money. But the fact, good, that's great, you're smart with your money. But if you had maybe two kids and had to buy a new that's car. That's what I said. I, I, I prefaced well, it. I prefaced it. I understand. I don't you came know. Off a little, you came off a little cocky. Yeah, there. you did. You came off as somebody who literally has no children and like no car payment kind of all right all right all right this must be why of, everyone hates you kind of paralleling yourself to somebody like me who has two kids and we have one car with no payment and when we have to because one car blew up no it's, it's because you're smart of, uh, with money no i know you it's are because of your poor decisions yeah good no good you all i mean your husband's the breadwinner and and all that stuff, like I mean, I, I get that's totally different. I'm talking about people that I know that I work with that you can you can ascertain or surmise very quickly. Like they really don't have yeah. anything to spend I fuck, their money. I, 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 I can't. Uh, I fucking hate that whole breadwinner comment. Oh, for Christ! I'm not going to go into it, but I hate it. Because really, your I'm life sorry. Is run by the man. Yeah, I, that, I'm sorry. Exactly, I'm Devin. sorry. Devin. No, you have to say sorry, but Deb. <laughs> Adam's God. rolling his eyes and his whole body yeah. back in his chair. Yeah, He's I'm like fucking. This is why. This is why everyone hates Adam. Yeah. But I know because I have opinions. No, not because your opinions fucking are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Your anyway, I I went fear. out of my way and I gave I gave money and like I didn't know what else to do because it's like I don't. I, that's basically what I'm saying. And yeah, there were some times I that that's what I hate about GoFundMe a lot of times because you can get a little judgmental and it's yeah. like oh my twenty bucks fuck you bro like I, you got more than twenty bucks but you know be, yeah but so I gave a little bit of money that some other people gave their time and I didn't give their time and you're right I got a little judgmental of course no one will hear this part of the podcast. They'll only hear the part where I made the crass, you know, statement about yeah. the, that I gave more money. I'm so good with my money. I was a <laughs> mother who was also working from home, who has car oh, payments. Gee, I, you, you know, I just ex- want to I just want to push that dagger farther. You're into excluded. Your body. You all are excluded from that. You're excluded, but you can't exclude my opinion. That's what he's saying to you. <laughs> I can exclude your fucking opinion. This is America. This is America. Is it? I can exclude your opinion. I'm just going to stare at you the whole fucking time. <laughs> Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. <laughs> and they all stink. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, my headphones nice. are coming off. Oh, God. I didn't mean to end Bro, it we're on. We're going to have to wrap this up. Anna's cooking food, and I'm smelling it through what this is closet it? door. Oh, my God. Yeah, what is she cooking? What is she cooking? I'm like Pavlov's dogs. She's cooking... Um, What's that sausage called? The Kayabusa or something like that. Anyway, it's some what? type of sausage. She's making a broccoli cheese casserole. Um, she's, uh, she's making mashed potatoes. Me and Adam are so hung up about what fucking sausage you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know what it's Is called. It, it starts with a K. Kiyobasa? Kiyobasa. <laughs> I was close. Oh you fucked that up so Kiyobasa, much that we yeah. couldn't tell what you were there, talking Tenacious about. Tenacious D has a great song about Kiyobasa. Yeah, it's... Hold on. Let's let's turn this around to where Adam's a piece of shit, okay? No, yeah, no, let's turn... I, like it, I like it better how you couldn't pronounce a simple sausage. Name. Yeah, Kiyobasa. I forgot you. what it... I'm not mispronouncing it. I forgot what it was called. I'm not saying pooer when it's supposed to be poor. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I didn't say pooer. I said... <laughs> I said... 
poor. You said poor. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm poor. Fucking hell. Jesus I didn't say poor. Let's just fucking wrap this up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we're anyway. Fucking, we're fucking done. Yeah. That's it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Adam, Adam say say poor one more time. Poor. 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 This is Devin. This is Adam. This is Jamie. <laughs>